0: ultimate journey episode 39 welcome to the ultimate journey awakening to spirit podcast i'm your host frank degenova today's episode is on narcissists and empaths are you an empath or do you know any narcissists i will have a special guest joining me today to talk about this very charged and very sensitive topic So without any further ado, please welcome my next guest, Catherine Malik. Did I say that right?
1: You said it right. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Great, so welcome to the the Ultimate Journey uh, Awakening to Spirit podcast. I'm really excited to have you on and I'm glad you reached out to me and this is amazing. So we'll begin by you telling me who you are, what you do, and then we'll get on with it. Uh,
1: Thank you, thanks Frank. I'm Catherine Malik, I'm a soul coach And I'm an international best-selling author, second Reiki master teacher, spiritual teacher, as well as a teacher. And I guide empaths on their journey from feeling pretty powerless, confused, drained, to feeling really living in their power.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. You know, I have to make a confession here that um, I didn't know until about two years ago with the difference between, or even yeah, you heard narcissists, you heard um, empaths I knew, but not, I mean, it's weird. It's like all these new terms because I was in the whole spiritual thing and I never knew all this stuff. And um, now it's learning the difference between the um, sociopath narcissist and the Mm -hmm. psychopath right but anyway i jumped ahead i just wanted to throw that in there and just wanted to kind of warm up the the listener too and it's interesting i had a Catherine on um, my podcast uh, a few podcasts ago and i was joking with her because the way she spelled her name there's like 30 different ways to spell Catherine, and you're the closest to hers hers had an e on it (laughs) Okay. So
1: yeah, there's there's a big discrepancy amongst that people with the name Catherine. Whenever I meet another Catherine, they will say to me, "Do you spell it the right way?"
0: (laughs) And I just have to
1: laugh. I well, whatever way they spell it is the right way, I guess. But it is there is something about it. I know that when I see my name, let's say on a list, and it's spelled completely wrong, it's almost like I want to look past it, like it's not me. It's inter- it's, it is an interesting thing about our name. And uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there are uh, so many spellings to it that one can't be upset. I mean, someone's going to take a guess unless you tell them, how are they going to know?
0: Right. You know, it's exactly, you know, you go look into um, numerology and vibration and sound and all that and, you know, semantics, uh, No, semantics. Yeah. And um, also my name, I had a rude awakening with my name. I thought it was uh, um, Frankie with an IE I- on the end. And until Mm -hmm. I I rummaged through my um, parents' um, drawers, I found my birth Mm -hmm. certificate, I can't even speak. I found my birth certificate and Mm -hmm. it had an EY at the end. And I was like devastated. It's like, what the heck? Teachers and everybody (laughs) calling me IE, Frankie, and then I determined just to be Frank and just solve that problem. Great. Awesome. So happy to have you on. And this is a pretty, pretty charged topic. Um, Empaths and narcissists. Now... How about we just start from the beginning and what, mm. because, you know, it's almost like a yin yang, um, the opposite sides of the scale. If you want to use a, uh, use a scale as with mm. anything in duality, you have b- polar opposites. And so I'll just start it off by saying what I think is the kind of MO, the moral operandi for that. And then you can just go for it. And because a lot of people want to know about this. Um, I I know a lot of women lately that, you know, they're empathic and they attract the narcissist. It's almost like moths to the flame, right? You have, they Mm -hmm. give them the food and they, they off of that. And what I've, what I've realized is that um, the narcissist, it's all about um, their ego. It's just all about ego. And, um, you know, the, the empath is compassionate. They, they, they um, make excuses for them. They try to protect them, all that. So just that little blurb what's your what's your take on all that? Because that's you. You work on that, right? You work with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I want to sit back and hear you hear you talk. This is
1: this is my thing, right? This is awesome. my area, right? This is what I do. Um, and I've lived it. And that's why I've lived it. I've experienced it myself. Um, I hope it's okay. I'd like to first uh, talk about what an empath is and describe that because I feel that many people might not know they've heard the word. So before I jump in, um, I think it's best I start there. So an empath is someone who senses and feels deeply. And even more so, you'll hear about empaths who pick up on other people's emotions and energy and actually take them on themselves. I like to say that they can do that because, you know, it's, it's really uh, about that they can do this doesn't mean they have to do that. Once an empath understands their abilities and has some knowledge and wisdom around it, they can be at choice about not um, unconsciously taking on other people's emotions and energies. So that's the basic, the very minimal definition of an empath. There's so much more I could say that would say these are the signs of being an empath. But at the most part, if you know that you feel and sense deeply, and you know that you sense into other people. The minute someone else is sad, you're like crying with them. You know, you can't hold that back. They're angry, you feel the anger, like you just jump right in with them. It's like you're living with them. Uh, That's the simplest way I can explain it without going on and on and on. Um, Of course, anyone's welcome to reach out to me if you wanna hear more of the signs and the traits. Now, with empaths and narcissists, it has been described as, like a coin in the different sides of the coin. And of course, as well, um, like moss to a flame. Hmm. The thing is, so uh, I like to word it this way, that again, empaths do have a choice. I like to say there's a buffet, right? We're at this buffet and you can pick, do you want to have that carrot cake? No, nope. you want to have the chocolate ice cream instead. So when we're faced with a narcissist, um, there's reasons why we get tangled with them, Uh, many reasons on their side and on our side, but know at the end of the day that we are at choice here. So as much as it is, yes, it is moth to a flame, but when we have knowledge and wisdom, as well as working on our own healing, there's less likely to have that moth to flame. It's more like us putting that flame right out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Or tempering it or just kind of, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that you said that because it choice and, um, a lot of, uh, empaths, um, don't feel they have a choice and it's, you mm-hmm. know, to do with self-worth issues and all that. I mean, trauma, we him, that's yes. a whole, like a whole nother, uh, um, uh, topic on itself. Interestingly, um, I was very, very empathic as a, as a child. Like I just, I just, I felt, and that's why it was hard because I knew people weren't acting the way they were really feeling it inside. And that just kind of threw me off as a child. I'm like, how come I feel this way? But they're acting totally incongruent with them. And um, so I try to numb it out, you know, the partying, yeah. the drinking, the who knows. And
1: a lot of empaths do that. They try to like quiet it down, right. just, like numb it because that's your internal lie detector. We have such a good lie detector. Yeah. So when people are fronting their emotion, they're covering it. So someone might be really sad about something. And then they're trying to smile with you and everything. And you're like, mm, no, wrong. Like, you know the truth. Yeah. But then, you know, being an empath, kind-hearted, gentle, sensitive soul, you don't want to call them out. Especially as a child, you're probably not going to point the finger at them. Uh, so it, it, it is a confusing world to be in.
0: Absolutely. And what I'd like to add to that before we go on is, is think, cause mm-hmm. just so that, so that, you know, I get more of a, people know more of who I am with my podcast and my life story, even though I wrote two sure. books as well. Um, there's certain things I didn't write. And especially like with with myself, because I numbed itself and I suppressed it. When my mother died in 2014, I mm-hmm. didn't cry. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not boasting about that. I'm not freaked out about that. Um, but before that I was just felt everybody, but I just didn't. And I was like, cause my spiritual training or whatever you want to do my essence of it. It was a beautiful experience. I actually helped her cross over. Um, mm-hmm. but six months later for 10 minutes, I broke down. I mean, I was, I was doing the eulogy. I was, comf- I was comforting people that my mother died and I was, I was, and I wasn't in a weird denial, but ever since then, Catherine, you know, I used to, I used to, you know, feel welled up when I saw movies or commercials or little things. I said, "It's almost gone now, but it's not gone. It's almost like I'm looking at it from a spiral staircase that I'm looking down at. I can see it, can sense it, but mm-hmm. I don't get stuck in it, or I don't get I don't get charged by it and pulled down. It's more objective now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I don't know if that's healthy. Sorry.
1: Well, it sounds like you're not as tangled in it.
0: I'm not, but is that healthy or not healthy? Because I mean, I don't want to be a narcissist. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, sociopath, psychopath.
1: No, I wouldn't say you're a narcissist or a psychopath or a sociopath. I mean, I don't know you, but I I could, you know, speak to you a little bit more and find out. But I'm no, I'm joking, Frank. I'm joking. But um, here's the thing: Um, when an empath, you know, starts working on their own healing, because Here's the thing. Empaths are very outwards focused, even as children. We are the children that share that if someone's crying at school, we're going to go and comfort them. We're worried about them. We can't sleep at night because something is wrong with someone. That's us as children. So already it's there. And then maybe there's some trauma in life and it deepens it even more. And so it's interesting with uh, with empaths. Once an empath starts working on themselves, which is very hard for them to do, they don't want to. One because they sense and feel so deeply, it's like whoa, I don't want to go there. <laughs> the shadow is even darker. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't want to go in that deep pool, no, right? Oh yeah. no, I'll, so so instead we busy ourselves and we stay with helping everyone else. Let me fix you. Let me fix you. I can fix you because then I can avoid myself. And most empaths don't realize that they just they just stay on the part that like I have a good heart and. And it's true when someone is hurting, it's like we have an alarm that goes off. It's like our fire detector goes off and goes ding, 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 help them, help them. And like we're, we're, we're almost panicked. Yeah. Like we have to help them until you do that work on yourself and develop your own worth, your own esteem, your own love. So that's that, you know, maybe what you're talking about here is that you stand in your power and you know that everyone is capable and we're not here to be a doormat, or to run around saving people. That's not the job. We're actually getting in the way when we do that. They have their own healing path. So our helping is not necessarily helping. Sometimes we're rescuing them, we're trying to save them, and we're just really getting in the way. And it's not, it's not to mean to any empath, like, oh, you've done a horrible thing. I've done it. Every empath I know has done it. I, it was for the greater good. I was trying to help people. I would do things for people, like pretty much wrap it up in a box, put a bow on it and give it to them and say, look, I handled that for you. And then along the way, I had a spiritual teacher that said to me, stop it. You're not helping. You're getting in the way.
0: Yep, you're meddling. You
1: can't. And, I, and it was coming through dreams. I had a dream about a, a train coming and jumping in front of people so the train would hit me instead. Wow. And I had coworkers of mine in the dream, and right. they're like, "Stop it. you You can't protect them. Let them live their own lives." And I'm like, and it took me a bit a few months later to still kind of go, "Oh okay, uh, oh, okay, yes,
0: it's a tough one. I mean, yeah, as mm. you were saying that, I saw I saw I had a vision of uh, me being a fireman, and the alarm went off, and I'm just going upstairs and just going down the pole and getting my my hat and my my clothes on and getting the truck to to save. and it's it's yeah. absolutely true what you said. And also, and I was on the hunt for broken, damaged women because I had to fix them. And exactly, oh, yeah. the spotlight's <laughs> the not on me bro- anymore. Put the spotlight <laughs> yeah. on them. And when I can fix them, then I'm worthy. Yeah. I'm worthy of it. And yeah. it's interesting. What, what woke me up to that, it was in 2011. Um, I met uh, a partner who I thought was the one. Uh-huh. It was like everything there. And then three months later, this, all the wheels fell off. But anyway, she told me something that really woke me up. And, mm. let, and, and, and allowed me to go inward and figure out, hey, is like, oh, I guess I'm just another, um, yeah, another woman with broken wings that you can't fix. That hit me. And it's like, she's absolutely right. You know, and yeah. so it, it's incredible. And now, now, you know, I don't want to save anybody. Um, I'll, I'll lead, I'll lead someone to where they have to go themselves, but I won't put that aid on. You know, mm. I'll put the spotlight on on the shadow areas. Like that's where you got to go, but in a loving mm. way. Like in, I'm talking about relationship wise now, Catherine, not just and mm. even in general. Like I don't, as you said, I don't get entangled with it, and I don't get and it doesn't come be sticky anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, learning you. to 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 not be so sensitive is was one one obstacle, and um, the other obstacle that I just recently come to terms with is um, that I'm not um, a detached. Um, emotionless bastard, either, because you know that's that's the whole polarity thing again. You have to find your mm-hmm. way. And now I ask the person questions so they can lead themselves to the answer, as opposed to trying to fix and to nurture. And you know, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Good for you. It's yeah. it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of internal work to get to that place of, you know, it's more. It's much more powerful to just. Stand back and be yourself. People Absolutely. learn, they watch, they observe. Sometimes we're just being ourselves, and people are really impacted by something we've said or done, and maybe maybe it's not even to them. Just in passing, they hear us. But I think there's a lot to do with that and understanding the power of that, of just keep filling your own cup. And not, and, and you know, some people will feel that's selfish, but when we're talking about empaths who have like a less than empty cup, like it's, there's a hole in the cup and they're just give, 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 and there's nothing left to give, um, that it's time, you know, for, for all empaths to really start filling their own cup, pay attention to yourself. And you can be a loving and gentle and kind human being just being you doesn't mean you have to run around fixing people.
0: Absolutely. You know, there's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, you know, you got to fix that Mm. hole. And yeah, it, absolutely. And the thing, you know, you said too, Catherine is when you are um, in your in your power, in your body and you're you're that lighthouse that you have that beacon, that that um, model of that's how you help people. You're the mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you don't mirror back your dysfunction. You mirror back your wisdom is opposed because you feel yourself. You're a clearer mirror. You're more distilled so you mm-hmm. can help them. It's amazing. I like to get into um, the um, relationship part of narcissist empath um mm-hmm. it's interesting because the the um, podcast i did with um i did one with um victoria with the tantra mm-hmm. and then i did one with david about the polarity in relationships now mm-hmm. we're talking about polarity how there's a masculine and feminine and when you have them balancedly opposing there's there's mm-hmm. a magnetic charge and there's attraction now mm-hmm. what came into my head now because this is not scripted it's going to come whatever um sure now, you know, you have to have uh, attraction for a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. What if you have, is it the same, work the same with two empaths and two narcissists? There's no, is there like any capillary there at all? Do, do they, do they seek each other out? Do they, are they codependent with each other? Is it possible?
1: Okay, that's so, a lot. So, okay, I'm just like, I see all these like combinations. So... Two, two, two empaths. Let's start there. Two empaths together. Are these two empaths who have uh, done that soul healing work on themselves, or are they still flailing? So two empaths who are flailing, who are just, you know, trying to rescue and save everyone, they're going to try to rescue and save each other. It's codependent. Often empaths are codependent. So it's it's going to be that messy, you know, it won't start off that way. The first you know, a couple of weeks, it starts off where, you know, everyone's trying to be on their best behavior. And ultimately though, what's going to be the problem is even though they're doing for each other and trying to rescue and save each other underneath all that, each one wants love, but yet it's not going to happen because they're not even loving themselves because they're so busy trying to push the energy out to everyone else. So, I mean, as much as they, they can understand each other, depending how much they understand being an empath. So there is that mm-hmm. side that they understand each other. But um, will this relationship uh, last, you know, for a good length if they haven't done the work on themselves? Probably not. I mean, there's going to be a kaboom at some point. If you have now, on the other hand, let's say there's two empaths who have done that soul work. Who have been through the relationships, been through, you know, maybe they've even been through narcissists. So they've had that lesson, you know, so they've done a lot of that deep, deep uh, soul work, dark night of the soul, everything, you know, they've done that and they're still learning it, but they understand that here I am. And here you are, you live your life. I live mine and we support and cheer, but I'm not getting in there and swimming the race for you. So I, I believe that could be blissful in the sense of understanding the person because also, empaths sometimes, uh, interesting thing, sharing a bed with someone when their energy and their thinking and their thoughts are going. I understand this very well that sometimes it's like, see ya, I'm going on the couch. Like, I can't take the, and I don't say it to the person because they're not an empath, but I'm like, I can't take your energy right now. Like, I need out of here. I need out right now. And it's nothing, it's not a blame or a shame. It's just just what is. So, but with two empaths, uh, I imagine if if one could say to the other, like, whoa, energy, I need to go, I have to go for a walk, I have to go to the lake, I have to do something, it's energy, something, you know, that an empath might understand that, that like, I need to go into nature right now, I need to go to the lake, I need to go meditate, or, you know, they might understand that a little bit better and not take it so personally as in, something's wrong with you, because it's not, it's not about the other person, it's about the one who's sensing that, is going, whoops, something's going on here. So so in that aspect, so to... um, powerful impasse, I think, could do really well together. I think that would be a beautiful yep. relationship. But, I mean, this is, you know, this is me just saying. Yeah, I'm that's a, that's, a, that's what this podcast
0: own. is all just saying. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I mean, that's probably the next uh, perspective is a two narcissistic. I mean, how does that oh, work? Oh, two
1: narcissists. That's interesting. Um, because I've sort of witnessed that a little bit. Um, And I won't point names or fingers, but I've lived around that a little bit. And uh, that doesn't go well. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because, uh, Because as we know, a narcissist needs their supply. They need the person who's sort of like bowing down going, what can I do for you? And who's roped right in, right? But if you have two of them, because ultimately there's a bottomless pit in them. They don't have emotions. They don't reflect on things. They don't have a conscience. But deep down, I think for me, I believe underneath it all is what makes them so angry, especially around empaths is that empaths feel and they have love and empaths care about things. And I, I think it gets them so angry that they could never be like that, that they just want to decimate and destroy.
0: Yeah. And so, or so or try to plug in two, and then decimate and destroy because they can't plug in. Yeah.
1: They, they try to plug into it first. Right. Yes, Absolutely. Right. On the patterning. And then they, <laughs> then they go for the destroy. Right. Um, it's interesting. I had a friend recently writing a book, and she asked me, she messaged me and said, You know, I'm writing about um, a couple, and it's a narcissist. What do you think would happen? I'm like, Well, many things, but I'll give you one, but you don't have to use it. But I'm like, Decimate and destroy. She's like, Really? And I'm like, Yeah, it's a possibility, but you're the author. You, you decide what happens. Right. Yeah. But that's one. But um, so, two narcissists, uh, it won't last long. It'll be uh, a lot of fireworks. And eventually, that doesn't really work. Eventually, they're going to go and seek uh, those big-hearted ones that they need for supply—the the juicy
0: ones. Yeah, just <laughs> the more, juicy, yeah, the juicy.
1: That's a good way. The vampire, succubus.
0: Ones. You know, um, yeah, it, it's interesting because um, um, what was I? Gonna, I just had a lot, lost of thought, but it's um, with with narcissists, which is interesting, is that you know they always not they always, I hear that they, they, they say to the woman or the man, it could be the opposite way, obviously too. We can't just say that is, um,
1: Oh, it's men and women, both are narcissists. Right. Yes.
0: Is, <laughs> you know, you'll never get anybody like you're, so, you're, you're you're, terrible, you're, 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 you're stupid. Like you're like, basically they're the lowest of the low. My, my question would be that, and when I talk to empaths that are feeling it, it's like, then if you are so disgustingly disgusting, why would he want to be with you? And what does that say about him? But I mean, yeah. that's you're 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 just in a swamp, the fogginess, the density of the pain, the the exchange, the whatever is that mm-hmm. they don't see it, and you know uh, it's just like the polarity. We're just gonna get back quickly back to the polarity. Two empaths mm-hmm. and two narcissists won't work. Just like two masculine um, male and females and two uh, two feminine male and females end up don't doesn't the attraction wanes. So mm-hmm. there's no you know, magnetic pull there. So let me ask you, Catherine. um, Hmm. I've heard that um, psychopaths are born and, and narcissists are made. So when you say they don't have the emotions, they don't have this and that, does it come from, Oh, I'm just, I'm being facetious here. I mean, traumas and um, just life experiences that made them a narcissist or do we have a bit in ourselves Always, like, do we have all elements in our, in our, in our psyche, in our, in our, in our, um, yeah, in our psyche?
1: We all have, um, different levels of narcissist in us, of course, as human beings, our ego, right? We, we all have it, but I look at it as scale and, you know, for most of it, it's much lower. And when you get to your narcissist, like someone maybe who has narcissistic personality disorder, uh, it gets up pretty high and then you have a narcissistic social path and then you have a narcissistic psychopath. So, so what you're saying and leading into there with the psychopath and path, like there's that blend with the narcissist. And from my understanding is that a narcissist social path is made like that happens in life, but the narcissist psychopath is born.
0: Yeah. They're
1: yeah. born that way. So in that same vein of thought, I believe that for, uh, for some of the narcissists that are in the psychopath realm, they're born that way. For a lot of narcissists, the way that people and many uh, therapists and, and psychiatrists have described it is that uh a narcissist will hit some trauma, something that's happened in their life. And it's they say that, you know, just like an empath hits trauma, except the empath goes more into uh lack of self worth lack of self love people pleasing but they still have this big heart and they just they're looking for love but and then it's explained that the narcissist goes down that other path but i almost see for me because when you say that split happens there almost to me it's like are they somewhat born into that like did they sign up for it before they came down to earth because because there's you know there's that black hole of that like it's such a deep place so
0: nature know, versus me, nurture karmic the dna lineage all that stuff i mean you could go yeah. lifetimes you know mm-hmm. and, and that's i guess um you could you could unpack it so many different ways and just subcategorize it so yeah yeah thank you for that i mean that's amazing what i, I just want to ask you what do you what would you give advice to and without giving away anything that you would um, do for and we're going to give you your details when, when, when we end this podcast so they can meet you um sure what would you advice would you give an empath either male or female i'm going mm-hmm. i'm going to put the needle i'm going to put the needle more to the female um okay. cuz there's the females are more women are more apt to getting help guys are got this cloak of 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 pride and ego i mean um even Sometimes, with my yeah. own journey it took yeah. me a lot to get into inwards what what advice would you give women that are empaths that are who are with a narcissist what would you kind of just the ABCs without giving away any of, of your therapy um, that mm-hmm. they would invest in. What would you, what would you uh, suggest for them to do?
1: Number one, I'm going to say like, I'm going to, it's going to sound very trite what I say, but I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Number one, run, run, don't walk, run. You cannot fix them. You cannot fix them. You cannot fix him, her. You cannot fix them. There's no fixing. So, even though they'll try to hoover you back and apologize, it's just going to get worse. They're going to go deeper and darker and want to destroy you even more. Understand that you are connecting to them through trauma bond- bonding. And so you are, and you've been weakened. Your energy has been drained. You need to get a way to recover and whether, and 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 then you need to ask for help. You know, in my own case, I went to the police. I went to court um, and I reached out to some friends, only some who knew what a narcissist was. If they were going to be more damaging to me, I kind of pushed them away for a while so that I could heal my heart. Um, you ne- if you need help, you need to reach out. Whether you need to go um, stay with a friend, or if you need, uh, you know, police to help you, if it's very you're in a dangerous situation, then you need to reach out to that. I mean, I had one friend who had to go to a woman's shelter. She had to take her children and. I mean, this is like a high-level businesswoman, but it was the only safe place for her to go. They they could hide her there. So oh. whatever you need, like, here's the thing: don't be embarrassed. I, I hung on for a little while because I I embarrassment and shame. I didn't want to go to the police until a friend of mine introduced me to a detective who I could speak to at 6 a.m. one morning and say, Should I go to the police? Because I, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. I was, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm I, you know. I'm pretty wrecked right now, but I didn't say that to them, but I said, you know, should I go? Like, can you help advise me here? And they're like, absolutely. You need to go. Like, Excellent.
0: That's good. I mean, you know, you have a lot of women that do not want to, um, you know, if they've been violated sexually, if they've been raped or whatever, they don't, you know, they're afraid to say because they might get in trouble even more, or they might just be not believed and just pushed off. And yeah, you know, and, and as you say, we're saying that too, Catherine, I was thinking of you know, and I know, I know, you know, this energetic cords, um, getting plugged into contracts, you got to cut them all out. Right. And, um, I've done some clearings for people with that and with, (laughs) and you know, without, if you don't undo the cords or you undo the contract or the agreement that they have subconsciously, they'll be right back in their, in their, into their arms again. Like it's like, yo, know, I promise I won't do it again. I know. And a lot of narcissists, mm-hmm. they admit to fault somewhat. Just to lure, as you said, hoover them back in. Oh, I'll change. It's not real. You know, it's, it's not real. It's, what
1: they're saying. They'll, they'll say anything to get you back. It's like, listen, baby, I'm going to buy you that car. I'm going to do this. Like whatever whatever it is that they know, because they've been observing. They know the buttons, right? They'll say anything. And they'll try to hoover you back in. And then you get back in there and then whop, bash. They're going to bash you again. And then, and then you try to crawl out again, and then they're just gonna pull you back again. So understanding like, you know, when I say run and like, just get out of there, get help. Uh, and, and the healing help too afterwards, it's gonna take healing, but you deserve it. You deserve that healing, you deserve that love. You know, having those people that can support you through this. And, you know, cutting off all contact because a lot of empaths will feel well, I still have them on Facebook and I still respond <laughs> to texts. I'm like, no. Cut, 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 block. block. Cut
0: those tendrils out. Done.
1: Everything done. Gone,
0: Like non-existent. I know. And it's amazing. It's like, you know, you have to cut all those tendrils. And uh, I I see it all the time. You know, I have the deepest compassion for women that are in those positions. I really do. Absolutely. My heart. And that's where the empath comes in. Like, I actually feel it. And... I have the deepest compassion, and it's like you know. At the same time, if they don't want to help themselves, you, you you can't go nuts and entangle yourself with that too. So I'm glad that there's, uh, law enforcement. Um, there's there's places where women can go and and, and get help because that's it's uh, yeah, um, I'm all over the places, you know. Um, when you say empath. Okay. <laughs> When I was writing my first book, I have a, I had a, a friend of mine do a beta read through, and I was talking about being empathic. And mm-hmm. she um, uh, shared the difference between empath and sympathy and empathy. They're two different mm-hmm. things, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Like sympathy, you can have sympathy for someone. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. Or, you know, um, well, actually, even sympathy is just like, more like surface it's like okay i have some sympathy for you but empathy is like i know how you feel right and i know i understand this and i'm and i'm sorry that you're going through this. it's a much deeper level
0: so is sympathy uh, closer to the narcissistic scale because you think that you you, you you don't have the depth a lot of people that are symp- have uh, sim- uh, sympathy feel mm-hmm. that they're empathic and they're not
1: no i mean th- so there's a lot of confusion in the world around what an empath is and around what a narcissist is. I mean, I have people that are, you know, just acquaintances show up in my life who say, you know, my ex-wife is a narcissist. And I'm like, in my mind right away, I'm like, no, because I like, I don't say it out loud, but I'm like, I already know that you don't know. So let me just ask you what a narcissist is. And then, and then I'll describe the traits and then they go, oh, and I'm like, yeah, your, your ex-wife's not a narcissist. She's not a nice person. She could be very bitchy, perhaps, but she's not a narcissist. Like, like these are the traits. These are the telltale yeah. signs, right? So, so same with empath. Sometimes people can uh, maybe be unsure about that and the difference of like, you know, that that deeper understanding and really feeling what someone is going through. It's it's a much deeper depth of of experience. You know, like we really, really get people because that's why people will often find an empath, not knowing that the person's an empath, but tell them their life story and say, wow, I've never told that to anyone before. And I just felt so safe. I felt so comfortable. Like, you get me, you get me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do get you. I yeah. get that a
0: lot. It's like, well, how come, yeah. I, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Well, I, I'm also a hairstylist, so that helps when you <laughs> when you play with someone's hair, right? Right, then that happens. Right, yeah. and being an empath uh, on top of that, yeah. you just build so much trust and rapport. Um, what I was going to say about the... Um, Oh, my God. The empath. And the we're talking was about talking.
1: sympathy and empathy. Yeah, and there was something I wanted
0: to... to, to um, oh, the, yeah. The, there we go. Narcissist yeah. is a word that is thrown around way too liberally, as you were yeah. saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the buzzword. Oh, they're just they're narcissistic. Well, you no. Know, as you said, right? It's being thrown around so much.
1: Well, it depends what the person means. Like if you said someone's like they're, they're really extremely selfish self-centered like really far gone the other way there's a difference between saying that about someone but you could just say they're they're really selfish and self-centered mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to if you mean narcissist like narcissistic personality disorder and you're talking like high up that scale and they follow the pattern so they're very charming they're charismatic they love bomb you right they yeah, love bombing, and then they yeah. Then they get into you know grooming you and then gaslighting and you know like there's so much there's a there's there's a distinct pattern yeah. that happens so there's a difference someone who you who you might say is like selfish okay that's different but yeah. if you're like thinking narcissistic personality disorder are they one that goes through those traits are they always like leaning on to uh, empathic people big hearted people I mean even someone who's not an empath perhaps but someone who's just a kind uh, unknowing person, someone who's kind, who just is, you know, that nice person. Yeah, They're going to like that too. I, ideally, they're going to look at a person like that, but they also don't want like a hot mess. Someone who's like victimy and like can't help them. No, they want someone who's resourceful, resilient, independent. They're looking for all these traits too, with a big heart.
0: Of right? course. And what I've often wondered and just kind of uh, just thought, do clinical or just labeled narcissist do they know what they're doing like is in is in uh, the the patterns like the the love bombing and then the grooming and the you know do they know what this next step in it or is it just wired intuitively for them to to to, to destroy a woman like that or, or a man whatever like i always thought mm. do they know what they're doing like is it do they get a playbook mm. like you know an, an etherical yeah. playbook
1: well it's interesting that they all follow that similar yeah. pattern like do they know what they're doing I think on one level, they do. Uh, they're, they're fabulous liars. And they lie so much that they, they, they probably don't even know where the truth and the lie would be. Like, I feel like 99% that comes out of their mouth is a lie. Like, even their name, I'm like, really? Is that really your name? You know,
0: like, it gets to that point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, they,
1: they're like, and when they're caught in a lie, because I've been through this with narcissists, when they're caught, they fight harder. Even though you caught them red handed in the lie, they'll just keep going with it, they will not let go. Wow. So, so it's interesting. So in a way, do they know? I feel like they do. I feel like in, in a way because, but, but in their programming inside of them, you know, the way an empath is like, I must save that person. Put on my cape. Let's go save that person. I, I have to. The alarms are going. I feel like in them, they have it going where it's like, that person's got that heart and I don't have that. And rah. You know, like I feel like they're just out to right. get blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, and I was also addressing, too, the, the the steps that they take. Obviously, the charming is always, in the, I mean, I always joke, it's like, you know, the devil is going to be the most charming and charismatic person you'll ever meet they're not going to come with the horns and the, and the tail we're talking about um you know uh, symbolically and hypothetically yeah. what do you call it yeah oh god i can't even speak tonight it's like mercury retrograde is over and we didn't do this podcast because of that And i'm like i think like i'm just in the well, mud it's a now.
1: holiday today it's a holiday that's so maybe right you, maybe it's like you feel like you're it you should be relaxing rather
0: than talking right no it's know? good um yeah the whole archetype <laughs> of, of the of the you know the devils and stuff but yeah it's just like i mean I think it is just you know when you can learn to be let's say you learn a, a skill or a trait you look for mm-hmm. you'll calibrate you'll see things happening and then you say okay this happens this is what I have to do now and then okay they respond A or, a or B and then okay if they do that then I have to it's almost like a flow chart right yeah that was my was my question is it a flow chart in their head like okay I have to love bomb okay now that they're that they yeah, totally invested. I got the hooks in them. I could put their hook in, in them. Now I can do this. Now, now I'm safe enough to chop them down and they won't go. To me, as an empath, if I feel I'm treating somebody bad, I don't think, okay, they're just going to pick up and go. Like, I'm not going to dare. But the thing is, when I was younger, I was more... Um, I was a little... I can say I'm a little bit narcissistic because I was displaying certain traits through... Mm trauma, through anger, through drinking a lot, through being hurt from whatever. So I displayed some of those characteristics, but deep down, there's always that, no, like there's a point where you don't go. You know what but, I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's a knowing, a right from wrong. Though. Right. Absolutely. You
1: have a conscience in there. And so I've had empaths. Like I have a, a Facebook group, um, Empath Soul Mastery, full of empaths. Right. And I get asked that recently. Someone said, my daughter is saying I'm a, I'm a narcissist. And I'm like, well, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, sometimes narcissists like to call everyone else a narcissist, right? They like to do that. Reflection, yeah, projection. Yeah. And the thing is, um, you know, some of the empaths so I my group have asked that, like, well, maybe I was acting narcissistic and I'm like, or maybe you're a wounded healer, like you're a wounded empath. And so you're human. So then you're going to act out. You're a hurt human being. And when you're hurt, you know, right. you act it out. I mean, unless you're conscious enough and you have people around you to help you and you're diving in to heal that. But I mean, we're human beings first. So that hurt me. We're going to act out on it. And it may, you know, you get a teenager or a young adult or even anyone, I guess they could go towards alcohol because they want to numb this down. Right. They could get kind of reckless because they're just there's anger. Right.
0: A lot of anger. I've yeah, I had so much anger as a teenager myself, too, that, you know, I had all acne down in my face like I was just like boiling over like because pim- mm. baby see pimples signify anger and uh. you know beating up the liver because liver holds on to the anger at uh, vibration yeah, too liver. and the alcohol so mm. I get it and I was a wounded healer I just there were certain parts where I would just thought I was like totally non empathic at all and just totally in the narcissistic spectrum slide like just mm. yeah but I mean, yeah, I've, I believe that we are exactly we're 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 humans and beings. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. We sometimes we think we're we're one or the other, but we're both. We're humans and we're beings. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to, to 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 you know think that we go through a whole mosaic of experiences to further understand ourselves. But as you Absolutely. said, that you're not you're not stuck on that on that uh, scale to one side or labeled, a little fluctuating until you get it, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being an empath, like I also explained to my group, even though one of our tag names is like we're Earth Angels, right? (laughs) But doesn't mean we're like without fault and we're like, you know, that we don't make mistakes or do or say the wrong thing sometimes. Like we're here living in this world, exploring and figuring it out, too.
0: Yeah. And that's why, you know, you have to kind of um, put yourself in the other person's shoes, too, because. Yeah. I mean, we're all learning. And how hard is it for, you know, I say this to people, you expect mm-hmm. people to change around you, but how hard is it to change just a little habit within yourself? But we expect other people to morph and shift like that on the dime. It's like, wait a yeah. second. No, we're, we're not perfect. And, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Change takes time. It takes work. Yeah. And it also takes commitment and it has to be someone that wants to do it.
0: That you want to do it, and you have to get to that point. Yeah. You know, as like you said, being an empath, you know, the shadow becomes more of a shadow than someone who's not so empathic. So it's mm-hmm. harder to go inside. But man, Absolutely. when we do, it's incredible. Like right now, I'm like, I just things don't bother me as much anymore. Like you know, it just I don't want to save anybody. I don't want anybody to save me. And <laughs> right? but I understand the human condition now. It's not. It's not like I have to fix the world. Like actually, in compassion, I'll watch. And get out of the way, yeah. And assist, but not get caught up. That's the whole, that, that's like the, 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 the aha moment I had. You said don't yeah. don't try to f- you can choose not to fix. Yeah. And just be you know the whole kind of be the change right. <laughs> be what you want to be, <laughs> and, and you'll you'll uh, you'll um, well,
1: focus on focus on your journey right. And it's and I don't and, and some people might say oh well that sounds self centered or selfish, but no, there's some work to do here. So when I say focus on your journey, like what healing is it that's waiting for you? That's just dying for you to heal. And so the more you're focused on fixing and saving everyone else, you're avoiding yourself. So like enough with that. Okay, right. let's just pull it back. Let's just step in. And, you know, often, you know, it's finding that person who can work with you to help you on your healing journey. Right?
0: Absolutely. That's amazing. Cool.
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And it's uh, it takes for empaths and for most people it'll take quite a while and I and I hear this all the time like I wish I would have done this years ago or I'm at this age and I'm like yeah but you're you're here right now you're opening the door right now some people never open the door like you're opening the door it's good yeah
0: it's yeah and a lot of people say you know would you would you if I wouldn't knew then what I knew now I'm like no I I I wouldn't want to change a a second of my Mm -hmm. life um if I knew what I knew then, I wouldn't do half the crazy, the crazy shit that I did. And I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't pass through certain things. Right. Yeah. You got yeah. experience Like you can go to university and, and learn your theory and know it. Yeah. But unless you've done it and you've yeah. passed through that experience, now you have to do it. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Life lessons are there for us. It's like we're going through these little portals. Right. And, and, you know, gaining as we go Yeah. and
0: absolutely. then we
1: go and then we get to a certain point where then it's time to reflect on that. And I think for a lot of empaths, uh, empaths carry a lot of shame and blame on themselves, and I think that's where a lot of the work is too.
0: Yeah, the lower to, chakras uh, to heal
1: around that, right?
0: Yeah. Do you do any chakra uh, work, like the uh, the solar plexus and the uh, and the um, the mm-hmm. navel? That's what Yeah, lot, that's, th- yeah. that's
1: huge on empaths, right? right? <laughs> it's
0: usually, uh, I know.
1: Because there's no self worth, right? And and that's that's one of the I guess. beautiful things of a journey of an empath is building that growing that healing that right root chakra not connected to the world which is understandable it's so scary in this world you come in as a sensitive child and it's like ah this world is like noisy and crazy and you know so i mean i definitely i definitely was not my root chakra was no and i i worked with a healer for a long time, like energy, healing, everything. And she would place me, you know, help me get into my body. I'd feel it and I actually felt okay. It felt okay. I wasn't actually scared, but I'd still jump out. It took a while for me to like, actually, okay, I'm going to stay now. Okay. It took a while. Like I just, you know, everyone's different. And it's just, it's just knowing that uh, that's one of our things, you know, I, I explained it to ampass all the time that, yeah, you're connected up here, but then below the heart, sometimes there's no, there's that connection isn't there. So we're, you know, that's our journey.
0: Do you ever slip out?
1: I don't now. Wow. That's Um, great. I slip out still. Yeah. But, but I mean, I worked with this healer like every week for a long, long time. And then I became her assistant and like, I mean, we, and, and then we, we also, we also did something that was really good that helped. Um, At the time when I was working with her, um, I was in the arts too. And so I wrote a play about women and sexuality called Embracing the Black Madonna. And somehow in the middle of all this, I went on a retreat with her and a few others. We were in Hawaii and we're swimming with wild dolphins. Wild, energy, Yeah, the magical energy, the healing energy of dolphins, right? Incredible, the playfulness and very, very healing. Now, one of the women on the journey was an artist, beautiful artist, and so not only did we do ceremonies and swim with the dolphins as much as we could to pick up on that healing energy, um, we were given little assignments that would help each one of us. So my assignment was, and I, I mean, it was, uh, it was funny when I was told she was laughing as she said it, cause she knew I'd like, I would practically jump right out of myself right then and there. She says, um, so, you know, Sydney now is going to um, go, with, go with Catherine off into the woods and you are going to paint her and Catherine's going to wear her birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I remember being like, like, Emma, and she goes, if you choose, if you choose, you don't have to. And I remember like for a couple of days, I was like, oh, um, and it yeah. was, but it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was perfect direction and, and guidance for what, you know, what good healing for me to try to stay in. Because here I am going with this person that I don't know that well, often to some woods and I'm gonna be sitting there naked so she can paint, make a painting of me, which is like it was terrifying, right? The idea of it was terrifying. Wow. And so um it was good because that's what I was working on that point, that I could sit in that and stay in my body, right? So it was a good practice session to stay in. You're comfortable so, yeah. in your
0: skin and you're grounded basically.
1: Yeah, but it took it took a long time. It was not in my case, I think some people may have it an easier time for me. I like I liked being out of my body so much. I lived most of my life well, that way. Well, yeah,
0: so, I mean, you know, I, I can relate because when I came in to this realm, this earth, I mean, I came in um, a very traumatic birth experience and, and and disconnected from my mother for a month. Um, oh, were you? Um... I was pre- I was actually a twin. I, I was we I were premature. Oh. He died at birth. He was a stillborn. And then oh, I was, was in an really incubator for a month. Right.
1: I was in an incubator for a month. See. Today.
0: Right, yeah. so you don't. You're not even. You haven't landed yet. Like I've, I've come. I came in hot. I always say I come in hot, right, with a plane, but yeah. I don't think I even landed, integrated, and I was in fight or flight mode all my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would just get out. So that's why. I mean, I've done a lot of uh, inner stuff that you know, the mm-hmm. root chakra, the 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 uh, solar plexus, the um, well, I missed one. It's the navel. I don't know whether they call it the sacral, the navel, or uh, the whatever. But <clears throat> sorry. Now it might be my throat it's chakra because I can't even talk.
1: Yeah, it's a sacral, sacral solar plexus, and then the throat.
0: They were never integrated. There was always I was always in fight or flight, and always out here. And when I get yeah. excited, um, I pop out, and that's why I stopped drinking coffee because I would that would pop me out so fast. Uh, Any stimulants?
1: Good for you, good for you noticing. I that. had to. Yeah.
0: Oh, I was like, yeah. I was, a, I was, a I was a mess.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's. I think it's a, a difficult thing, you know, to. I, because I I know it. I know this feeling of not being in the body. And uh, like I said, when, you know, from a young age, when, you know, I was getting help to get into my body, um, even though I wasn't afraid once I was in it, it was just such a strange feeling. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to stay here. Like it wasn't even because I, because I look back now and like I wasn't afraid. It was just weird. It was just too weird. I didn't, I I wasn't used to it. And maybe it was just better that I was out, you know. Uh, Also, when I'm out, I wasn't feeling things as deeply.
0: You're bypassing. So it was helping
1: protect, it was helping, yeah, it was protecting me. You know, like yourself, um, you know, my mother passed away when I was a child and I didn't cry at the funeral at all. And I was very, I was applauded for that. Like I was such a good, good girl (sighs) because I didn't cry. Now, I mean, those tears were just, I mean, it was an ocean inside of me. And so then as an adult, I had to explode all that. And, you know, I think that's also another reason why I wasn't in my body and I didn't want to be in there because I didn't want to, I, I don't want to enter into that stuff. Like if I can stay out, then I won't have to cry. Right? How
0: interesting is that? I mean, we both lost mm-hmm. our mothers. We're both mm-hmm. empaths, empaths, and mm-hmm. we both didn't cry. We should be like feeling everything, but it's amazing well, how you like, just kind of, yeah, how the, we yeah. just... That's like so, as wow. as
1: a child, I tried a lot as a child until she passed. But once once she passed, I kind of tampered that down. Yeah. And then as an adult, I had to open that back up.
0: Um, yes, yeah, so you you, know? you have to do it, but in a healthy way, and not yeah, exactly. That's wild.
1: Well, well, for me, I was in the arts, so I I needed to. It was part <laughs> of what I did. So, but it, but once I did, I realized that it was it was fine. I was channeling it for, you know, different reasons. So
0: yeah great it was good this yeah <laughs> it, and this uh, podcast was good too we're, we're, we're hitting about 50 minutes so we're gonna we're gonna close it down and I'm just thank you for reaching out Catherine it's like this is incredible oh you're welcome and it's a topic <laughs> I think that has to be explored deeper and um so for the listener uh you know you can contact Catherine and what she does and you know you can have the uh, the mic now and you can say where you are how to contact your email all that stuff so go ahead
1: Sure. Yeah. So thanks, Frank. And uh, you can contact me uh, through my website. So www.katherinemalek.com. So as long as you know how to spell it, um, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-L-E-K, you can contact me through there because there actually is a place that will, you know, on the last page to contact me and send an email through to me. As well, I do have a Facebook group for empaths, and it's called Empath Soul Mastery. So if you type that in on Facebook, uh, or if you were to find me on Facebook, Catherine Malik, then of course, you'll have a link right there. But either way, either going in through the group, you can join our group if you're an empath or you feel that you might be a, uh, an empath or an HSP, um, feel free to join us, you know, or, or track me down right on Facebook. And I can lead you to the group.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining um, me on the Ultimate Journey Awakening to Spirit podcast. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Journey Awakening to Spirit podcast. Join me again next time for more spiritual talk. You can reach me at info at the ultimate journey AwakeningToSpirit.com. And you can also visit my website, The Ultimate Journey, AwakeningToSpirit.com. Until next time, walk in love and in gratitude.